Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. It's been a hot minute. I am here with my, my name's Britton, by the way, and I'm here with my fabulous co-host. Jay Allen Cross, and we're back. Very excited to be here. We are back. Like, um, one, I'm so excited to be back to recording and have like a sense of normalcy in my life and routine. But yeah, I'm like, I'm just so excited to like be able to talk folk magic and witchcraft and other things and do interviews and like tell y'all what we've been up to. Yeah, that that's my question is is where the heck have you been? Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> where have we been? Where we have we been? We we entered another dimension for like a full moon cycle, would you say? Yeah, actually about. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess what happened was is I moved from Eastern Oregon to Western Oregon and we decided to pause the recordings for a few weeks while I like am pregnant and preparing to move and doing all this stuff. Well, turns out I do the move. Everything's fine. And I try to get internet with one specific company. I'm not going to name names. And it <laughs> doesn't work. They, they know who they are. They know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> they ghosted me. They're still ghosting me on my service. And I just haven't called them because it's been really hard to get a hold of them. So they never came out, never put in my internet because it required a technician, called another local company. They literally had to do construction on the property to get me a line to get internet. I had no idea. I live like 30 minutes from a major hub in Oregon. Yeah. And so I was like, I lived in the middle of nowhere in Eastern Oregon and had no problem with internet. So I was without internet for three weeks. That sounds both terrifying and like a dream vacation. It was great (laughs) for like, for like a week. It was nice. And I had a poor, I also had a poor data connection. So mostly what I did was I... (laughs) Was I hung out on TikTok because there was like two spots in my home where TikTok would load. (laughs) (laughs) Just like microdosing the internet. Just really, yeah. Just like learning about Corn Boy, um, learning about how what British people think of the United States. um, Oh, I bet that was watching like drama happen on indigenous TikTok. (laughs) It was, yeah, I felt like I went through a lifetime on TikTok in three weeks. You probably, you pretty much did. I did. Cause you know, internet moves at a different speed than regular life. Though you have been finding and sharing some hilarious TikTok shit and like TikTok, like I have a hard time going over there just cause it's just like a dumpster fire and I, I can't hang out there for too long, but I like it when other people go and find the good stuff and then repost it somewhere so that yeah. it's kind of like filtered already. I'm like, Oh, thank you. Just, just give me the best of let's just do that. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, the trick is, and I know this might sound weird. The trick is for me personally is to stay away from witch talk. 
Witch yeah. Talk Witch Talk does not exist on my for you page. And I'm uh, happy. That would be so nice. Yeah. I'm just looking yeah. at period recipes of Roman finger foods and people dressing with petticoats and <laughs> <laughs> talking about Berkey water. I don't know. <laughs> See, I'm slowly moving my TikTok away from Witch Talk because I agree with you. I, I think that's that's a good move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm slowly moving it over to just nothing but thirst traps. Yes. Yes. That's that's just that's the content I'm here for. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I will sit here with my pumpkin spice latte and watch this man take his shirt off and just, you know, not feel bad about it at all. Right. Yeah. And that's what I love about like TikTok is so can really be a wholesome, beautiful place if you orient to spending your time on the app that way. So it's like you kind of got to like you got to tweak it a little bit to have it, you know, show up the way you want it to. So I I love I love uh, currently I'm in love with the app. (laughs) I I know I've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking shit. But I really do love TikTok right now. We're having a TikTok revival. Mm-hmm. I didn't but, mean it, TikTok. I didn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I digress. I'm like off my ADHD medication. So it's, I'm like having a hard time these days, kind of like keeping a good train of thought. But in the end, I did get internet. It came last Monday. We are recording on Friday. Mm-hmm. And so the technician came in, installed my internet. We had a cool conversation about psychedelics and mental health. I was like, this is very, I like that. Very Western organ organ vibes here. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, he installed my internet and now I'm back to podcasting. Fabulous. Welcome back to the cyber world. Yeah. But what about you, Jay? Where like, what's been, I mean, you and I have barely, I'm just like, what's going on? We've barely been in touch. Um, no, it's been me attempting to work on like a hundred million side projects while simultaneously ignoring the actual important projects that I really need to be working on, um, which mm-hmm. is great. Love that. Um, yeah, it's pretty much just been a lot of that lately. <laughs> um, I have been doing some tarot readings, which have been really interesting lately. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's, I've always kind of been aware of, but didn't really put much weight in it is this idea that when you do tarot, you know, you're having a conversation with something, you know? And so when you ask a question of the tarot, something's going to answer. And when we specify what it is that we're asking, that drastically changes things, whether it's the accuracy or the perspective or the clarity, you know, because sometimes you just kind of ask a question like some like random dead person that's in your home is just kind of like, oh, I'll answer. Um, and, and they may not, they may not know. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I've been playing around with that of specifying who or what I'm actually asking when I do the tarot. And it has been wild. Um, the changes that that has created um in my tarot readings as far as like the accuracy is concerned um so that's been very neat very cool i think i haven't had it i haven't pulled tarot cards in a hot hot freaking minute and maybe maybe i'll hit you up for a reading yes get me back on track (laughs) we'll do it we'll do it they've been all the tarot readings lately so awesome yeah so something that i am really curious to know about is anytime we move as witches, there's 
a bit of a process or oh, maybe man. lack thereof. How how are you handling this move magically speaking? Are there steps you've taken or things you decided to do or So one thing I did with my off time um was I did start a YouTube channel. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. if y'all want to go check out uh it's Archaic Honey. I think if you just Google that or like YouTube it, you can find it. I did record a, a good portion of uh, my move across the state. I didn't go too in depth about the spiritual aspect of it. But what I did find was one, when I left my old house, I did not leave it. I did close a few doors, like met, like, you know, spiritually speaking. Um, mm-hmm. I did take a moment to say goodbye to the landscape. I, I was that was more important to me than like my specific home space. I went to a really special spot and like cried and, you know, just poured my guts out because Eastern Oregon really changed me and really shaped me. And I really love it there. Um, Mm -hmm. and I miss it. I still, I'm here in Western Oregon and I do miss Eastern Oregon a lot. Um, So I did have kind of like a goodbye ritual that or rite that I did. And then um, when I came here, um, one thing that I have done differently uh, compared to past moves is when I get into a new house, I immediately smoke the house. I immediately Mm -hmm. get in there and I clean and I'm like, this is mine. That's mine. All that. Didn't do it this time because I wanted an opportunity to hear the house in the, the space that I'm in mm-hmm. do its thing with, you know, without me immediately coming in and like scrubbing it, it down <laughs> like Meryl Streep and Silkwood just scrubbing it. And- mm-hmm. Yeah. So I gave it, I'm I've been giving it an opportunity to kind of like to see its ebbs and flows, to hear it sounds, to see if there's like any spiritual movement in the home. There's been a couple of weird things. Um, here and there. And I'm like, okay, noted, but I do plan on doing a big spiritual cleansing here soon and kind of like, you know, collecting some urine and scattering it around and stuff. But so far it's been quiet and pretty peaceful. There's some big trees on this property that I'm on and, uh, it, so far it's a good vibe, but I haven't, um, come in you know, and like, what's the word I want to use? I haven't like, like a bull in a china shop. Right. I haven't like aggressively cleaned it out. Like, right. I just kind of want to see what it's about first. And so that's just a different way of doing things that I have done in the past. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did the same thing when we moved into this new place that we're in now where I didn't actually cleanse it before we moved in. Um, And I had really planned on it, but when we first kind of saw it and it was empty, they had done a lot of like updates on it and they had like painted it and like all this stuff. So it really didn't feel like there was a whole lot going on there. They had kind of already taken care of that with just, you know, mundane things. Um, the only thing that I really noticed was that it took longer for me to feel like the space was mine hmm. than usual, which I think might be part of that where kind of like other energies are already there and you kind of move into it. You kind of feel like a guest a little bit as opposed to like just clearing it all out and starting with your energy in it. 
Um, so that was the only thing that I really noticed, but it, there was nothing like negative or, or what I see as detrimental to not doing the big cleansing as soon as you move in. Sometimes you just got to let things be what they are, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. That's kind of, that was kind of how I felt as well, moving into this space for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm getting older. <laughs> I'm chilling out a little better or something. I don't know. I was just like, you know, this time it's going to be a little different. So that's been my new magical motto is not everything is a crisis. Right. Like so good. It's just, we can all just relax a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm still getting to know, I guess, reorienting myself in Western Oregon and like being like, Oh, Hey, I remember you. Like when it comes to plants and stuff, Mm-hmm. Because there's just like plants I haven't seen in a really, really long time. And I'm just like, wow, whoa, hey, (laughs) long time no see. Um, One cool thing, though, I have discovered is I'm like a half hour from the coast. There's a um, an 800 year old Sitka spruce that's not too far from me who I have really liked going and visiting. Um, New best friend crazy tree it's like you're walking like there's some sizable sitka spruces around in the forest but you're just like walking along this path and there's a sign for it and you don't really see it because there's so much brush and then you like look through the clearing and there is a enormous like fat trunk of a tree and you're just like holy like 800 800 years old that is so old that is so old oh my god that is wild. That, like, like that, that stuff just like, what have you seen, tree? <laughs> like, tell me. I know. Like, I just, oh, man. And I found, like, some fungi around the tree that I, like, I found a reishi near the tree. So I picked some, uh, some uh, there was, like, several conks of reishi on this log, and I just picked one and took it home for medicine and I was like oh my god you were like tapped into the mycelial root networks of an 800 year old tree and I'm like holy shit the things you must know the wisdom you must hold yeah what you gotta Um, do now is you gotta get um god it's been a really long time but there's a book called the ancient one mm -hmm. we had to read it into like this big project on it in like the sixth grade um but it's kind of this idea of kind of like this really old tree, but like, it's also kind of like a portal to yes. like the past or whatever, or like another world. Um, it's, it's a really kind of a weird story, but I, I really liked it. Very cool. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. yeah. So the new place that you have comes with some acreage. Mm-hmm. So you have new land and I know that a land is, big part of your practice. So do you think that this new chunk of land has it already impacted your magical practice or, or do you have a feeling it's going to, I mean, we already have a 800 year old tree in the mix. Um, yeah. you know, how, how do you think this is going to, to affect your practice? I don't know. Like it's taking me a minute to feel into it because moreover, what I noticed in this area is it's been heavily, um, altered, And I know Eastern Oregon has as well, but there's just like a lot and most land has been heavily altered by by like modern human interventions and stuff. But um, out here, I'm in the middle of logging country. Like I can Mm. look 
and see a clear cut from my house uh, on the mountains and stuff, which is like really sad to see. So I, I don't know, I'm like still figuring it out, but the land specifically where I am at, um, I want to say there's some really old planted fruit trees here. There's an old orchard. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting like old pioneer vibes here. Mm -hmm. Um, Orchards have really weird vibes too, anyway. Like they're kind of have like that liminal sort of like almost like cornfieldy kind of feel where it's like, I'm going to see something in here. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm just like feeling that out because they're, I, I, in Eastern Oregon, I spent a lot of time with like wild native plants. And now these are like kind of like, uh, I guess maybe you would use the word domesticated, they're cultivated. Um, plants um, and just figuring that out. And there is a broken well on the property. So we're trying to negotiate um, water on the property. And like, there's a garden that's been derelict, it's derelict, needs, needs to be taken care of. There's a lot of um, invasive weeds and stuff out there that kind of need to get, um, Kind of brought under control. I do have controversial views around invasives, but that's the topic for another day. Um, (laughs) It's a little crazy out there because it just hasn't been taken care of for a long time. So what I'm seeing is like reintroduction of native plant species and like learning more about that and learning more about um, the ecological role of certain species. So it's like, this is totally, this is totally different for me than living in Eastern Oregon where everything was just like the way that it was, you know, but here it's like, Oh, there's a lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot going on in the, and the well to me too is like, that's the spookiest part of the property. Right. I was like, as soon as you're like, there's a broken well, I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> right. So like, yeah, we're, we're trying to figure this well situation out, and uh, I am scared of the little well house. I'm just like, I am not. I don't know how old this property is. I don't know about that. Old wells, man. They used to put bodies in those things, or like anytime I'm doing a paranormal investigation or whatever. Like you'd be surprised how many old homes I come to, and they're like. Yeah, so there's like a cistern in the basement, and I'm like, and that's where the portal to hell is. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, water yeah. and like wells and things, all of them super, super supernatural. Yep, hainted, hainted, as they say. As yeah, as, as they say. So oh we'll see. Yeah, I right now and like it needs to be watered so desperately out there. All the trees are just. I oh, went yeah. and took my dog for a, a little stroll around the property. Um, and uh, yeah, the figs are like, there's a couple fig trees. They're losing their leaves. They're, they're just like, it's, it's, there's like caverns, crevices in the dirt. It's refusing it's, to turn to fall at this point. It, truly. And it hasn't rained in months. Mm-mm. Yeah. So we are recording this on September 2nd, y'all. And Mm -hmm. it is, I think it's supposed to get to 90 degrees where I'm at today. And it's supposed to stay in the mid to high 80s for the foreseeable future. Yep. Um, It's just, I've I've been lighting pumpkin spice candles and just 
putting on sweaters and a bunch of scarves and just sweating my ass off, hoping to, you know, summon fall. It's not happening so far. It's coldly refusing. Right. <laughs> Man. But uh, we do have, cause now Jay and I live a lot closer to each other and um, we are going to go on a pumpkin patch trip. And I'm so excited. We're going to eat apple cider donuts and drink our pumpkin spice lattes and just, just be so basic. And I'm so excited. Me too. It's going to be great. Great. going to be so basic. Um, I did have... <laughs> just so basic. I did have another question, though. Um, because I'm curious. I think a few people might be curious. So, well, first of all, before I, I pose this question, uh, are, are we, as non-binary individual, are we utilizing term mother or motherhood? Do I... Do we refer to you? Is it, is it otherhood? Is it, is it, um, parenthood? Parenthood. That's mostly mostly what I've been saying is like parenting Uh or parenthood, but being in a like femme presenting Uh way in the birth pregnancy culture at large is Uh so feminine. It's hard to navigate because you're just constantly hearing, you're a mom, you're a mother. Hey, mama, this, mom, this, and mom, that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like, wow, that's, it's just really intense. And so there's a part of me that's like, okay, I'm a mom. <laughs> but yeah. y'all can't, y'all can't see my face when I say that. <laughs> like, I'm like very reluctant to, to, to say that, but like, I don't know. I just been very flexible and not at all rigid with any like mother, woman, they, them, he, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been really fluid. Like, you know, my baby has testicles. I'm, I'm growing a pair of testicles in my womb right now. (laughs) And so it's been he, they. Yeah. Like very flexible. He, they. Uh, for the baby. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's like very complicated and there's not a lot of information or resources out there representing like non-binary folks who are giving birth or are currently pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, though the language is shifting, you know, it's like they say pregnant people now instead of a pregnant woman. They say, because anyone can become pregnant. Right. Yeah. At this point. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. 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 So it's like, yeah, I just uh, hold a lot of like flexibility and space and non-rigid thinking for myself and for other folks. And it's like, if somebody, you know, wants to identify or define the way that they are during pregnancy or parenthood, yeah. that's for them to decide and not for me to judge or mm-hmm. like say, hey, it's supposed to be this way. Because I have already gotten someone not harassing me, but they were just like, how how could you give your baby a gendered name and i'm like ori which is what i would like to name my child i've had that name chosen since i was 20 i wasn't thinking about (laughs) gender critically when i was 20 it was a very different time Right. And I think that's a name too that could go either direction. And it like, really you know, could. if later on, if you need to change the name, you can change the name. Like, it's absolutely. It's like, and that's what yeah. I told them. I was like, if my kid wants, 
I don't care how they want to express themselves as long as they're happy, as long as they're, as long as they're feeling supported and seen, that's what matters the most. If my kid right. wants to change their name, 100% support that. I wanted to be called Kate when I was five. <laughs> I could not imagine you being a Kate. <laughs> well, shout out to all the Kates because I think that's a great name. Well, and I like this idea too of kind of like expanding upon something that we think of as like a a gender norm, like something like motherhood. And like, you know, when, when like, you know, mother or motherhood kind of comes to mind, like it's this very kind of like this soft nurturing sort of thing. And I'm like, motherhood is metal as fuck. Like you're like growing a human and then you're shooting it out of your body. And like, there's blood and there's screaming. And I'm like, I'm like, let's just, let's, let's just not hide that part of it and just make it just super metal. Like, Right. Yeah. It's a, you know? it's a crazy thing. Like you, you really put your body through the ringer. Like I, my body is so different right now. Yeah. Like uh, I, the swelling in my feet is insane. Like I, I have to rest. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is for an Aries to be told you have to rest? <laughs> you must be still for long periods of time. Like I will not. <laughs> Hell no, absolutely not. So I'm just like, I'll like force myself. I'm like, I'm going for a walk and I do it and I'm so angry and I get home and my feet are swollen. I'm angry. And I'm like, I have to lay down. (laughs) Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. Oh, yeah. Just I'm just making I'm just making space for the full expansive expression of gender and what mothering means to me, because anyone can can be a mother in my opinion, you know what I mean? There have mothering, I'm using bunny ears here, qualities. Mm -hmm. It's like, to me, it's more of like, who's the nurturing figure. Yeah. Anyone's capable of, of being that nurturing person if they Mm want to be that for somebody. Well, I think too, where it's like when you have single parents as well, like you have to fulfill both roles in a lot of ways too. Mm -hmm. Like, so I, I think every person definitely has both inside of them. As mm-hmm. far as, you know, mother, father, parent kind of situation. Um, I, I think we all have all of it inside and mm-hmm. just kind of, we just need to access them. Maybe sometimes at different times, sometimes all at once, depending on the situation. Um, but yeah, making room for that, that we can be, we can be all the things regardless of what our genitalia situation is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's been like going through this portal is like completely it's like shattering so many beliefs I held about myself what I held about other people what I held about pregnant people my own parents what they went through raising children like it's Mm -hmm. completely rewriting a lot of scripts I but I'm also coming up against a lot of uh a lot of my own um like issues and stuff Mm -hmm. like having to do a lot of like um uh, what's the the term for it? Like um, self-parenting, like kind of having to reparent myself and be like, Oh yeah. We're here for little Britain. Like <laughs> little Britain didn't get this. So we're going to make sure that's taken care of, <laughs> you know? It's fascinating how that stuff will come up. Like, and honestly, like any really big life event, even if it's like not your life event, like things like graduations, weddings, funerals, mm-hmm. all those things like always bring up so much stuff for everyone who's at all involved with it. 
And so I imagine having a baby is a lot of that too. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of ran into that too along on, on our journey where it's like, um, oh yeah, no, like I've been to therapy. I've worked through all my childhood trauma. And then it's like, hey, there's a possibility that you may become a parent. And then it's just like this giant wave of crap you didn't know was in there <laughs> just cresting over you. And you're like, oh, cool. Going back to therapy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Lots of that. Uh, I'm definitely going back to therapy. Good. 100%. So have you found this kind of like liminal space of kind of like creating life to have had an effect on your magical practice or maybe how you view it? Or or do you feel that since you're in this kind of creation space that you have extra of anything or maybe less of something? Or has it at all affected any of that magically? Man, I have a lot to say about this. So like, first off, my spiritual practice kind of like stopped. Yeah. Uh, shortly after I found out I was pregnant. Um, just I pumped the brakes because there was so much going on in me mentally, emotionally, internally, and like physically that I really needed to take a step back from um, reaching out and then receiving from mm-hmm. spirit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, so I pumped the brakes and I'm still pumping the brakes, but just this morning, um, there is a person on Instagram, their username is rip snorter. And if you are a pregnant person planning to become pregnant, highly, highly recommend their Instagram. They have courses and stuff. They are all about decolonizing the birth process. And I'm just going to use their words for this, for the sharing um, and and their perspective of motherhood. I believe they have three children and she was like, I needed to hear this so bad this morning. She said, she's like, yeah, my spiritual practice like is not the same as it was before. Mm -hmm. She's like, I used, she's like, I, and I'm paraphrasing here. She's like, I used to go to the altar. I used to tend to the altar, but she's like, now the altar is my body. And now my mm. spiritual practice is being present in like parenting and mothering and showing up for my children. She's like, that is mm-hmm. my spiritual practice. And that's what I've been noticing that that's kind of where I think I'm where the funnel, the channel and the mm-hmm. path is heading is like, that's where the spiritual practice is going to end up. It's not going to be me being in this like structured routine every morning mm-hmm. where I go to my altar, I ground, I ground, I center, et cetera. It's going to look really different because, you know, from what I know of watching my parents and watching my friends and seeing people's experiences online, establishing a routine when you have a baby, good luck, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least early on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because it, it can be chaos for a minute. Right. So that's kind of where I've been going with my spiritual practice or like feeling into this creation phase. But honestly, like most of the time I feel pretty depleted. Yeah. I feel really depleted because I'm thinking about so much and all the things I used to worry about are so insignificant compared to what now I am currently thinking about. I'm thinking a lot about like how I want to rewrite the script Mm -hmm. of how I was raised 
and learn from what hurt me or what what was right and what was wrong growing mm-hmm. up for me and how I was impacted by that and like thinking about trauma and <laughs> stuff and how to you know bring a kid into the world into this right. world like fuck this is crazy and scary <laughs> it is though i always think back on it too where it's like if our parents like if if we survived our parents like our children are going to be fine because like if you look back like at our parents generation they all got married at like 20 after knowing each other for like six months and then like you know because that's a recipe for a wonderful marriage um and oh, yeah. then had children super young and uh then like the parenting books back then, like in the eighties and the nineties were like terrifying. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's like, and and, like, I am still kind of stuck in Mm. that era of that style of parenting from like the nineties and things have changed drastically. And so I'm having to educate myself on these whole new processes, these whole new ways of thinking Mm -hmm. and approaching and stuff. And so I've been really selective about what I look at online Mm -hmm. um, because like uh, if you're a pregnant person, there's the bounce back culture, which is just utterly. I had a baby two weeks ago. Look at my six pack. And it's like, that's not healthy or realistic. Not at all. It's insane. So I've just been really selective about who I listen to and who I pay attention to. And a lot of folks are, um, are, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to find the right people right now. I'm really like navigating this one day at a time. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is oh. all you can do really. And I think that's a healthy perspective to have on it. Mm-hmm. And I agree too, with this idea of kind of moving the spiritual practice away from the altar. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that I've been experimenting with as well and have really been enjoying and feel like it's, um, very much enhanced my magical practice in a lot of ways is not being so obsessed with the altar and spending time at the altar and having this cool altar. Like I really downsized my altar to like a little tiny table. Um, as before I had like this big, huge setup with like all these tattoos and crap on it. And I'm like, Nope, we're not doing that anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. and I find moving my practice away from the altar and kind of just out into my life. It really feels a little bit like, um, the only way I can describe it is it feels like I've, I've looked up, like I've been looking down for like a really long time. Like when you like, look at your feet and then you look up and you're like, Oh, there's this whole world out here. Like, like everything kind of like expands really mm-hmm. intensely. And I find that that is what I'm experiencing now that I'm kind of not relegating so much of my practice to the altar. I'm doing things like I'm lighting, you know, candles on the kitchen counter or on our dining room table or whatever, you know, and you know, bringing my practice out into like the park or, or like, you know, whatever it is. Like it's so, it, it feels a lot better personally. Right. Yeah. I remember uh, reading some of your posts on Instagram where you were talking about you, you were taking this shift in your practice um, mm-hmm. and kind of like scaling back and stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that that's like, that's wonderful. I know a lot of folks like, I don't know. I don't know if it's because like, I've just been doing this for a hot minute or whatever. Um, Mm. But I, yeah, I feel like less is more right now for me. Mm -hmm. And like, it seems, it feels like that's kind of also what you've been expressing is like scaling back and. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so interesting because it's like, I've always been, or always kind of 
identified as a spirit led worker. Mm-hmm. But the funny part is, is it was never my spirit. Oh, right. <laughs> it was the spirits or, you know, something else kind of externally versus listening to my own spirit that is also a part of that. Mm-hmm. And now it's allowing me to make my practice a lot more personal, mm-hmm. a lot less structured. Um, which is which is really nice. And I'm 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 enjoying kind of experimenting with that a little bit. I love that for you. Um mm. yeah. Shifts in our practice. I'm doing. Yeah. That's awesome. So okay. I, I gotta ask you questions. Gotta I, I need to know what where you're at and what you're doing and what you've been doing. So <laughs> I do know that you had okay, did your new book get is it published now or is it on pre-order? So technically it doesn't come out until the eighth, which is six days from now, but people are receiving them already. Like oh. they've been receiving them for like the last week or so. What? And I, I haven't gotten my copies yet. That's so people are posting fair. pictures of themselves with my book. And I'm like, I'm like, you have it? I'm like, how does it feel like in your hands? Like, I'm like, what does it smell like? Um, oh so I don't, I don't have my books yet, but um, they've been arriving. Uh, people have had really great feedback. People are, are really liking the new book. Um, and for those of you who don't know, um, my book that is coming out from Llewellyn um, right about now is The Witch's Guide to the Paranormal. And so freaking needed because you are... You're, you're going to be the originator, the progenitor of like, at least in my, from what I've gathered on the internet of bridging that gap. Yes. The paranormal and witchcraft, like have been two separate entities for, or seemingly mm-hmm. for a long time. And it's like, mm, this is what witches do. We like do, I mean, a lot of us yeah. engage with the spirit world and now there's a book on how to engage, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So like in the whole book, like, you know, like I teach people how to like, not only like identify the different types of hauntings, but also like what to do to help. And I think that that's really important is I hear a lot of criticism from witches who, you know, think that paranormal investigation is very different than it actually is. People, a lot of witches are very much set with this idea that, um, all paranormal investigation is like harassment or antagonization. And it's like, okay, number one, that's television. That's not real life. Um, right. It does not work that way in real paranormal investigation. In fact, every team I've ever come across has rules about not antagonizing the spirits, which I think is important. But also, like, a lot of times witches are concerned that no one's helping the spirits in paranormal investigation. I'm like, that's exactly why I wrote this book, (laughs) so that you can do that and, like, be the change, you know, that you may want to see in the paranormal investigative community. Um, And I think it's important, too, that people realize that, you know, we have an opportunity to help with paranormal investigation. Um, And I don't know how I don't know how witches got it in their brains that um, paranormal investigation is bad because the spirits don't want to be bothered, you know, by people. And I'm like, anyone who has grown up with any sort of mediumship ability knows that the spirits need stuff from us growing up as a medium. Like I'm trying to like, you know, sit in class and pay attention to, you know, geometry or whatever. And spirits are like, Hey, I need you to go find my husband who's still alive. And I need you to tell him this thing. It's like, what? The spirits need interaction. They have stuff that they need. And I couldn't imagine being like trapped somewhere, especially awful where I couldn't move on 
and my only like friends or whatever are investigators that show up and then have them be like, Oh, um, we've, we've learned that this is harassment to you. So we're just going to leave you to be alone here forever. <laughs> like, Oh my God, no, please come back. <laughs> yeah. It would be a pretty upset ghost if, if that happened to me. Yeah. What um, I would want as a ghost is like, or at least what I would do is like find the witch person. Like right. they would be, cause the, to me, they would just be like glowing. If I was a ghost, I'd be like, Oh gosh, well there they are. Let me go talk to them. Right. See if I can get some help. You know what I mean? Like kind of seems like a, like a no-brainer. Right. It's just kind of one of those things where it's like people attempt to advocate for things and then they end up going too far and then causing a problem again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like where it's right. like, we need to respect the spirits. We need to respect them so much that we refuse to help them. And it's like, oh no, 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 we we had it the first time. <laughs> like mm-hmm. bag it up. Um so yeah, so I'm hoping to kind of provide a lot of information for witches who might be interested in working with hauntings or haunted homes or, or who want to help people, because that's another one of those things where it's like, you know, the first time you walk into a house where everyone's mattresses are gathered in the living room so that they can sleep in one room for safety and numbers during the night, you realize that this work is important. And the same thing too, is when you find that spirit that's been trapped in a basement because in life, their abusive father used to lock them down there all the time. And you finally get that spirit to be free of that space after being there for 80 years. Like you start to realize why this work is so important and so rewarding. And so I'm hoping that other people can, you know, join me in this and start doing this work. And the book is basically a, a manual for doing what I do. I talk about, um, you know, residual hauntings, poltergeists, earthbound human spirits. We talk about negative entities, mm-hmm. um, getting them off of people, getting them out of homes, um, you know, kind of doing exorcisms as they say. So there's a lot of information in there. Um, Gosh, and some I... really freaky stories. So, Oh God, I love freaky stories. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to get my hands on it. I'm going to order it today. Like as soon as we're done, recording because because i got a hainted well house to deal with you do you got a hainted well house. i know it's freaking hainted (laughs) every time i walk by i'm like oh hi hey it's a little bit of satan a little bit yeah but my partner is the one who knows about fixing wells so i'll kind of but i'm just like I don't know how big the well hole is. I'm just like, I need to know some details before you start trying to fix it and you fall down there and break your neck. And I'm yeah, all alone. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not do that. Right. Let's, I have to figure out how big the hole is. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> <laughs> So with your book writing process, like I already went through my whole book writing process and stuff like, so were there like any challenges that you encountered through the process of putting this book together? Like I know that you had shared with me early on that you got a little heat for this book. From the yeah. community. Yeah. It's mostly about kind of like that misunderstanding that a lot of witches have about paranormal investigation because, and I found too, that like, as soon as I started talking about this book, um, people were, were really upset about just the idea of paranormal investigation. Cause like, again, they, they thought it was like harassment or antagonizing mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what, and that's what we were there to do as paranormal investigators. And then of course, when you actually start to kind of be like, okay, so like, let's inspect this a little bit. Where does this come from? Then you find out that, oh, it's because 
most people's and these people who are having a big problem with it, their only experience of paranormal investigation was from television. Right. To the point where a great deal of people who were upset with me for, you know, even bringing up paranormal investigation um, were convinced that paranormal investigation only happens on and for television. Mm-hmm. So that it doesn't exist off like TV shows. So like right. a lot of people were like, well, I'm not going to do paranormal investigation because I don't want to be on TV. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like. I'm like, I'm like there are there are like so many paranormal investigation teams around the world that aren't on TV and have no desire to be on TV. Um, so that that was kind of a weird thing. But I I'm hoping that the witchcraft community can, you know, and I, I think that we as witches probably should know better than most that media representation is not always accurate when it comes to spirit things. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but my life is exactly like charmed. Um, yeah, that's how I live every day. Or Sabrina. Um, my sisters. Oh, yeah. Me and Sabrina. I'm annoying like her, but I'm not blonde, so it's fine. <laughs> I um, haven't even watched any of those shows, but uh, I am uh, quite familiar with the craft, and that is exactly how it is. Oh, yeah. Just, just 100%, like 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, like, let's let's just... Put TV aside for a moment, because TV is a terrible representation. Um, actual paranormal investigation is very different. Um, and it's not it's, it's not what a lot of people think it is. And again, if people are worried about that, then, you know, be the change. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah, and you're, do- you're doing that right now with this book. Because, like, you've, you've changed my perspective. Like, really, like, the whole concept of paranormal investigation, I think of, like, the Blair Witch Project. I think of somebody stumbling around with a camera on night vision, you know, and like stumbling into a building and getting scared and stuff. Um, but that's not how it really goes at all. Paranormal investigation in real life is sitting in a dark room for like three hours, just being like, hello. (laughs) And hoping something happens. (laughs) Real paranormal investigation is actually quite boring a lot of the time, uh, Mm -hmm. especially if you're there just for evidence. Um, But I, I'm trying to move, especially with this book, I'm trying to move paranormal investigation away from just evidence collecting because the truth of the matter is, is you can get the best evidence anyone has ever gotten before. And it, no one will care. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's just the truth of the matter. And so I think our energy would be better spent actually trying to help the people who are affected by hauntings by doing something about the hauntings. And that's what I've always done with my investigative career. And that's what my entire team is based around is we, we do have investigations, you know, we do try to collect, um, you know, evidence if we can, but the bulk of the work we do is going to someone's house, figuring out what's wrong and fixing it. Mm-hmm. So that both them and the spirits are going to be way happier when we leave and there's no longer problems. We're kind of like group therapists <laughs> for, um, right. you know, the, the the spirits and the people. And, you know, I always kind of joke that witches are the perfect people to kind of be referees between living humans and the spirits. Mm-hmm. Because we, we're, we're people, but we also work with the spirits. So we kind of understand both. So we can be like ambassadors a little bit. And that's pretty much what the book is about. It's about kind of understanding these things and then what to do. Um, right. Yeah. Cause we got a foot so, in two worlds. So yeah, got it. Got to do that. 
Right. And yeah, it does feel like mediation for sure. You know, it's like if my dog is having like some serious behavioral issues, I'm going to bring in a professional who's going to help yeah. me under, understand my dog better, or I'm going to do as much research as I possibly can to help, you know, understand mm-hmm. what my dog needs or something like that. You know, just all Absolutely. kinds of relationships can have a mediator and then we can mm-hmm. get to understand what's going on better. Absolutely. That's yep. awesome. I'm so excited that you did this book <laughs> and brought this to the community. Thank you. It's been a long time coming, so we'll see. Um, we, Like I said, we've had some really good feedback so far of people who have received their books and they're super loving them and I'm very excited about it. I want to see my copies of it because I haven't gotten them yet, but allegedly they should be arriving very soon. So maybe today they'll show up. Oh, gosh, that would like... That would have me, I don't know, that would make me like really excited to see that people are getting my book, but like... Mm-hmm. Before I get my book, <laughs> right. what? It's always so weird when your book actually goes out because, like, up until that time, it's largely theoretical that Very. this is going to be a thing that gets sent out. But then to actually see it starting to arrive in people's homes, I'm like, oh god, oh god, oh god, don't perceive me, don't perceive yeah, me. <laughs> I, I am not to be perceived. I do not exist. Yeah, not to be um, perceived at all. Yeah, I actually got an email from my editor on my book cover. Uh, finalization and um, I I totally had like spaced about my book. I'm just like moving, being pregnant, eating food. Like, oh yeah, that's naps. a thing. Yeah, and I'm like, oh god, I have a book. What? <laughs> who let me <laughs> have one of those? <laughs> yeah, who let me do this? Um, gosh, feels like a lifetime ago. One quick question: How long did you work on this book? How long was the process? It. I mean, the writing of it was pretty quick. I think I wrote it in probably about a month and a half wow. just because it was like all up in my brain right, just like yeah. <laughs> 16 years of me doing this work was just spilling out um mm-hmm. so it went pretty quick the hard part is is there's this thing now in when it comes to occult authors and stuff which like i understand a little bit why this is going on the need for like citing your sources and like all this stuff and it's like i get that because you know there's been a lot of misinformation kind of in the occult publishing community as far Mm -hmm. as like you know actual historical facts and all that right but when it comes to magical things and paranormal things there isn't always like oh here's this peer-reviewed journal that i got this information out of it's like i tried eight different things and this one worked really well or yeah the old lady with the one eye told me that this would work and she was right. Like, you know, like, you know, like the spirit stuff, there isn't always like source material for it. So I did have to like go out and find some, um, I also had a few books that were also impactful on me that kind of were able to make it into that as like a few different sources, but that was kind of like a weird, like uphill thing where it's like, okay, I have to find somebody else out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I did come across some interesting books and they were helpful. So they're all up in the bibliography slash recommended reading at the end of the book. So very cool. Yeah. I can't wait to go order it. It'll be wonderful. Um, so kind of wrap up question is what is next for us? So y'all, we have all gotten reacquainted. Welcome back to the show, everybody. You are caught up on what the fuck has been happening. Um, but what is next? We have... We have the interview with Nicholas Pearson that hasn't come out yet, right? Yep, that's coming up next. I'm yeah, so after excited this. about that one. Me I'm too. So oh gosh, it was such a good interview um, and learned so much in such a condensed amount of time. 
Yes, I am actually already planning on reaching back out to them and rescheduling them for another episode because I have more questions. Uh, <laughs> so we will be um, having those episodes. We have other guests that are coming that I am scheduling um, over the next couple of days that we will get them on the podcast that I'm very excited about. Um, people mm-hmm. who have new books coming out, people who are wonderful voices in the community, um, who have really impacted the community with their work. So we have more guests coming, more episodes coming. We are going to just absolutely blow the lid off of this. Yes, we're back on schedule and um, we're back on track. So we really appreciate y'all hanging in there while we were like silent for a few weeks, (laughs) maybe maybe a little more. Um, And uh, yeah, you know, we're still very active in the Facebook coming group and we are doing our weekly lives. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been a little choppy this last few weeks because um, I have had no internet. Like I was able to connect Mm -hmm. one time and then the rest of them, I, I just like, it wasn't working with Facebook. So, no. but here I am, I have Wi-Fi and it's beautiful and I'm like You're watching, to go. back to watching movies at night and um, yay, scrolling un- uninterrupted <laughs> <laughs> and, and back to Perfect. recording. So it's been awesome. And yeah, I'm excited to, to get back into the swing of podcasting and sharing episodes with y'all. Absolutely. So thank you all for bearing with us during this little break. And we are back. And now that we are all caught up with you guys, it was wonderful to uh, meet with you guys during this episode in kind of a weird way and kind of tell you all about it and get caught up. So we are going to be getting back to our regularly scheduled programming. And uh, remember, in the meantime, to do witchcraft, do it. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there. (laughs) 